0: It is so good to see you. Welcome. If you're just now joining us, my name is Rhett. I'm the lead pastor here at One Life Church. It really is an honor that you would take some time out of your weekend and hang out with us. Hey, we're really excited about this new series that we're about to jump into. But before we do that, can we do something that we do every single Sunday? And that is, can we put our hands together in this room, One Life Church, for our online church podcast family? Come on, throw your hands together. Let them know how much you love them. Hey, if you're joining with us online, we want you to know how much we love you. We miss you. We cannot wait to give you an air hug real soon. Uh, Hey, you are our family, and uh, we hope you are just having a great day wherever you are and just enjoy the ride today with us. All right, you guys, we are starting a new series called Life, Money, and Legacy, and the byline to that is God's Way works. But before I tell you more about that, can we just pause for a moment and just talk about that little primo video you just saw? If you're joining with us online, you missed it, but there was a little trailer there for At The Movies, everybody. At The Movies. Okay, so here's the thing. Those who are putting their hands together are people who have experienced it. Those who aren't are like, what in the world? is at the movies. Well, it is something we do, try to do it every year. It's been become pretty popular, um, but it's where I take, and basically let me time out, it's where church and movies meet. That's the bottom line. You're like, well, I didn't know you could do that in church. Well, you, you can here, because I'm the pastor, and this is what we're gonna do, okay? Listen, um, <laughs> yeah, a few people enjoy that. But basically what we're doing is we're taking modern day stories, and we're gonna pull out biblical truth, and I'm gonna preach in between the clips. And uh, if you've never experienced something like this, I would encourage you to throw off the religious hat for a moment and come and experience it. And I wanna tell you this, this is exactly what Jesus did. You're like, well, Rhett, there weren't movies around in Jesus' day. You're right, there weren't movies, but there's a religious word that we call parables. Have You ever heard that, parables? You know, those were modern day stories. That was all they had back then, was the stories that they could tell And so Jesus would take the modern day stories that every single person understood, grew up hearing in culture, he would take that story and pull out biblical truth. In fact, we're gonna talk about one of those stories today. Now, when we do this, I want you to understand that, hey, Christians, listen to me, if you're a Christian in this room today, at the movies isn't for you. Like, you're gonna get something out of it, you're gonna have a lot of fun with it, but let me just say, we're not doing this for you, we're doing this for your friend who doesn't know Jesus. We're doing this for the, what, you know, religious people call unchurched. <laughs> we're doing this for a person who would never walk into the doors of a church. And so this is what your invite looks like. Hey, you wanna to come to a movie with me? Yeah, well, I thought all the movie theaters were closed right now. No, no, they're not, not at my church because the church is deemed essential. Come on, somebody. And we're actually going to show a movie, and I'd love for you to join. And by the way, you don't have to pay for popcorn. You don't have to pay for Coke. It's absolutely free. We're giving it away. Come on, somebody. Isn't that amazing? And I'm telling you what's going to happen. The day that you invite an unchurched person or a friend of yours that you know just has never experienced the love of God, at the end of the service, when I give them an opportunity to receive the love of Christ in their life, they raise their hand, and a tear comes down their face it's gonna be the greatest Sunday of your life. Why? Because it was the Sunday that your life made an eternal difference in another person. And that's what this is all about. So here's some exciting things about At The Movies. You ready for this? Not only is there gonna be one opportunity to come and experience, but drum roll please, look at this everybody. Two opportunities, a 9.30, and a, come on, I thought I'd get a little bit more claps from everybody in the room. All right. So check this out, what does that mean? It means more services, more opportunities. Well, Rat, why do we have to do more services? Because heaven and hell are a reality, everybody. And the more opportunity we create is the more opportunity people have a chance to experience heaven. So our job as a church is we exist to reach and influence people with the love and life-giving message of Jesus. And when we moved here over three years ago and we planted this church on September the 16th of 2018, we didn't plan it for us four and no more. We planted this church to make a difference in the community of Nampa, to make a difference in the community in the Treasure Valley, to make an eternal difference and impact in people's lives. And in order to do that, we've got to create more opportunity. And this is what's really cool. Through this whole entire pandemic, our church has been growing, everybody. Yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting, it is growing. And listen, uh, some people say, well, Red, are you just all about the numbers? And I say, yes, absolutely, I'm all about the numbers. Why? Because God is. Every number has a name. Every name has a story. And every story matters to God. And because it matters to God, guess what? It matters to us. And so here's the thing. You guys, we've been averaging about 73 kids on that kids' hall. y'all hear that? (laughs) Have you hugged the kids' life worker lately? And so, what we're doing is we're trying to create some space. We're trying to create opportunities. So, we're going to kind of rearrange some of that space. But on this Sunday, on the 22nd, I just need you to go ahead and prepare and mark your calendars. We're going to two services. It's just going to be a great opportunity. There's going to be two. And here's the thing they're the same service, they're identical services. They're absolutely going to be the same, same message, same worship, same everything, same kids' life experience, no matter what service you come to, it's going to be a great time. And so we're really, really honestly excited about this. All right, so let's jump into the message, life, money, legacy, God's way works. Listen, we are a note-taking church, so I want to encourage you to go ahead, pull out your smartphone, pull out your laptop, and go to olc.church, everybody, olc.church. Come along, play along with me, pull out your phone, go to olc.church, swipe down, and about the middle of the page, you'll see a Button that says message notes. I want you to click that button. It's going to pull up a little page on your phone there, and it's going to give you the opportunity to follow along today, to read along with the scriptures, and to fill in some blanks. Listen, we are a message note-taking church, and I want to encourage you, if you're the kind of person that doesn't like to take notes, can I just encourage you, maybe just try it one time and see if it won't just change your life. I'm telling you, why do we do this? Because we want to help you. We want to give you the tools that you'll need, not only on Sunday, but Monday through Saturday. We want to help you, so this is why we do this. So go ahead and click that and follow along. So I don't know if you're like me, but I love this time of year. Come on, man. I love the colder weather, right? Come on, man. Snow's around the corner. Uh, Man, I love fire pits, man, with friends. Love s'mores. Come on, where's my s'mores lover? Everybody, right? You know, uh, a friend of mine taught me a little secret. I'm a Reese's fan. He said, bro, why don't you just throw a Reese's on that? I was like, man, I never thought about that. I ought to try it. And I'll tell you what, it's my favorite. If you've never thrown a Reese's on a s'mores, you ought to try it. So I love this time of year for several reasons. I mean, I love the corn mazes. Anybody a corn maze fan up in here? Linder Farms, where are you at? Farmstead, right? I love Christmas, man. I love the holiday music. I love the lights. I love the ice skating. I like watching people ice skate. Can I just say that? <laughs> hey, if you want to have fun, man, just go stand out. I forget what they call that little place, downtown Caldwell, but if you just go stand down there with that little ice ribbon rink, man, you'll watch people fall and bust all day. It is hilarious. <laughs> it's so much fun. And, I, and you're like, well, Rhett, that's horrible. I'm praying for them. God bless them. God bless them. God heal them. Woo, Jesus, he needs some help right there, you know? So if you want to have a little bit of free, fun entertainment, hang out down there. And, uh, but all kidding aside, can I just be honest with you? My favorite part of the holidays in this time is Thanksgiving. Come on, where's my Thanksgiving people at, right? And so what I love about Thanksgiving, let's just be honest, man, it's that turkey. It's that dressing right? And it's the cranberry sauce. And let me just be honest. It's got to be the kind that comes out of a can all jiggly. That looks like a little Frisbee. You know what I'm saying? That is the only way to do cranberry sauce. Like when, when I, like, Hey, this is just how I grew up. Like one time we're sitting down at Thanksgiving dinner and my wife pulled out this, I was like, what is that mushed up stuff? I don't know what that is. It, it, that's cranberry sauce. And this was before we were married. And she's like, that's cranberry sauce. I'm like, no, no, it, it, cranberry sauce is like, like a little disc. Like, it's round, like, I didn't even know it came out of a can. I just thought it was just all oh, came in disc. That's how ignorant I was when it came to cranberry sauce. But let's be real, okay? The best part about Thanksgiving, man, it's the stretchy pants. Come on, where you at, stretchy pants, folks? Yes. So I love this time of year. Some of us were gonna gain like 20 pounds on that one day, man, and I can't wait. It's good, because I got my stretchy pants. I got, ordered them on Amazon. They're coming, y'all. It's good. Y'all, this has nothing to do with the message, by the way. I'm just having a little bit of fun this morning. Church should be enjoyed, not endured, right? And so, but I love this season for several reasons. One of the reasons I really love it is because no matter how chaotic our culture is, no matter how crazy it is, no matter how much we dislike each other or hate each other with the politics and the things that are happening before the election, somehow, some way, we all seem to find a way, at least once, maybe twice out of this season, to be generous and to be kind, right? Because that's just kind of the nature of the season that we're approaching. It's this generosity season. Now, as a church, I want you to know that we are generous all year, but there's something that I really wanna encourage you in in this season as a church. We do this every year, and that is, you might have saw them at the coffee station, you might have saw them on the tables coming in, but one way that I wanna encourage you this year to try to be generous and be kind to your neighbor is something we call our Acts of Kindness Cards. I know you can't read this on, uh, in my hand because it's pretty far away, but it basically says something extra to show you God loves you. And they come in all different kinds of colors. And on the back, it says, and so do we. It's got One Life Church there. And so what are these cards for? It's basically to go throughout your day and just maybe when you're in the line at Starbucks or Dutch Bros, whatever your coffee flow is, maybe you just ask the Lord to. A question and say God that person behind me would you like me to pay for their coffee and if the Lord speaks to you and says yeah why don't you pay for their coffee then when you get up to the window in the drive-through pay for your coffee but then pay for the car behind you and ask the attendant say hey listen I know this may seem crazy but I want to pay for the person behind me and I'd love it if you just give them this card and they'll take that card and then it'll bless them because you're blessing somebody else is how it works But then when that person pulls up to the window and that attendant says, hey, your coffee's paid for. And they see this little card and it says, something extra to show you that God loves you. And they turn it around on the back and it says, and so do we. It's just a small reminder of the kindness and generosity of God. See, it's the kindness of the Lord that leads people to a place to wanna have a relationship with God. And in my home church back in Birmingham, um, a really cool experience from one of these cards was that there was a lady going through a drive-through And uh, she was, we we didn't know this, but she was on her way to commit suicide. She was going through a McDonald's drive-thru. That was like going to be her last meal. Uh, I don't know why that was going to be her last meal. I might have chose Ruth's Chris or some kind of steakhouse, you know, I'm just saying. Um, But not trying to make light of the situation, but she went through a McDonald's drive-thru. She received one of these cards. Somebody paid for it. And she took a picture of the license plate and she sent the church my home church, my pastor, uh, email, and the email basically stated, hey, I wanna thank this person, driver's license, I mean, uh, license plate number, so and so. That person saved my life. And then went on in the story and said, I was on my way to end my life because I thought there was no hope. I didn't think there was anybody who cared about me. But the moment I received the card, it reminded me of the love of God. And I'm just saying, $7, can $7 really change somebody's life, it can absolutely change somebody's life. Never underestimate the significance of something small. And here's the thing, some of you are like, well, Red, I I get it, like, I want to bless people, I do, but like, if I'm just being honest, man, like, I'm just not in the position to be generous because I have more month than money, you understand? You know what, have you ever been there? I have (laughs) more times than than I'd like to admit. So I get it, I totally understand. Many of you in this room, man, you, you love God, but let's just be honest. If you were truthful, you'd say, you know what? I'm just financially, I'm financially strapped. I'm struggling, Like there's more month than there is money. And listen, again, I get it. And that's why we need series like this, this time of year, to help teach some biblical principles around life and our finances, especially preceding the holidays. Because let's be honest, the holidays, man, they push us to go beyond what we planned financially, and it really starts to show up around January once you start getting those credit card statements back in, right? And so I wanna start with a theme verse today that comes out of Haggai. Y'all, we're going to Haggai. Y'all gonna, be, y'all gonna be encouraged from some Haggai this morning, right? This is gonna be a good day in church. So some of you, you're strapped and you've even prayed to God for help and this has been your prayer. And God basically said, here's my answer for you if those who have prayed this. Haggai chapter one, verse five through seven. It says, now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Hey guys, it's time. It's time to give careful thought to your ways. In other words, it's time to give thought to the framework and the principles in which you build your life upon. Why? Well, because when it comes to life, look at this. Does this sound familiar? It says you've planted much, but you've harvested little. Like you've worked really hard, but you don't have much to show for it. It says you eat, but you never have enough. You're working hard, more month than money, right? And I would submit to you today that it's because you're doing things the world's way. There's a better way, and the better way is God's way, and God's way works. God's way works. See, when we do things the world's way, look at the rest of the verse, it says, you drink, but you never have your fill. You put on clothes, but you're not warm. In other words, you're just never satisfied. The world will never satisfy. And check this out, it says, you earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it and this is how many of us feel when it comes to life when it comes to money so here's the question what do we do well this is what God would say hey guys give careful thought to your ways and so today honestly as I was preparing for this message I was designing it to talk about debt and how do we get in debt and how do we get out of debt and you know, the more I thought about it, the more that I honestly realized that no matter the desperate situation, whether it's debt, whether it's a broken marriage, whether it's depression, whether it's anxiety, whether it's a, an addiction of pills or porn or drugs, of things that nobody really knows has happened, no matter the desperate situation that some of you find yourself in today, We always end up in the desperate situation the same way. But here's the key, I want you to understand that. The way out of that desperate desperate situation, it's always the same. So the way we get into it, no matter what it is, is the same, and the way we get out of it is the same. And so this message today is gonna be very helpful, I believe, and I'm praying it encourages you, no matter what you're facing in every area of your life. And so to help illustrate this, I'm gonna tell a parable a story that Jesus told, probably very familiar with a lot of you in this room. It's called the prodigal son. Comes out of Luke chapter 15, verse 11 through 16. Look at this. It says, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share. Like, give me mine. I want what's mine. Notice the pride. Notice the arrogance. This is really what he's saying, everybody. He's saying, dad, Honestly, I just wish you were dead. Because if you just go ahead and die, I can go ahead and get what's in store for me. I can get mine. And so what's really interesting about this is the dad did something that he really wasn't supposed to do. And I honestly believe that the dad did it to teach his son, hey son, I know you think that doing life the world's way is gonna bring you fulfillment, like this money. But if you won't take my word for it, then life will teach you. You can try it if you like but the world's way will always end up empty and unfulfilled. So the dad, he divided his property between them. And watch this. It said, not long after that, the younger son got together all he had. In other words, in the the words of the infamous Steve Miller band, he took the money and he ran. (laughs) Go on, take the money and run, uh, right? Come on, some of you old folks, you'll get that. (laughs) Older, I should say, (laughs) mature seasoned I like the word seasoned right it's like yeah it's like a good steak seasoned so not long after that the younger son got together all he had he took the money and he ran and he set off for a distant country and he did honestly what not, none of us really intend to do but for whatever reason when we do things the world's way we just always end up there and it's the result and that it's there he squandered he squandered his wealth and things honestly that didn't matter Bible says it's in wild living goes on to say, after he had spent everything, notice this, there was a severe famine. Everybody say famine. Famine. Listen, anytime you do things the world's way, the result will always be a famine in your life. It might not be physically, but it could be mentally. It could be maritally. It could be financially. It could be emotionally. There will be a famine when you decide to take things in your own hands and do things The world's way. And so there was a severe famine in that whole country. And as a result, he began to be in need. So look at what he tried to do. He tried to do something in the natural, with a natural solution instead of a biblical one. He went and he hired himself out to a citizen of that country. And just look at where it led him. It said, it sent him to the fields to feed nasty, stinky, sloppy, disgusting, gross, get the picture. pigs. And notice this. The brother longed to fill his stomach with the nasty food that the pigs were eating. But no one gave him anything. I just need to make this statement. Everything the world has to offer you, listen to me, everything the world has to offer you will always lead you to a pig pen. The greed of money, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh. It always turns out for pain, shame, guilt, anxiety, depression, stress, and debt. Makes you feel trapped. I love this quote by Ravi Zacharias. He was a Christian apologist. Maybe you've heard this. Sin will take you farther than you wanna go. It will keep you longer than you wanna stay. And it will cost you more than you want to pay. Listen, every single one of us has experienced this. You're looking at a man who's been broken and who's been hurt and who's been wounded because of bad decisions that he's made in his life. And I don't have time to go into all my stories, but I wanna share with you that, listen, every single one of us, none none of us are exempt from this. Like none of us intended when on that day we got married, husbands and wives. None of us intended on that beautiful, glorious day that our lives and our marriage would end up broken. Nobody ever intended the day you went to the doctor and you got that prescription pill that was a little bit stronger than you've ever experienced. And you took that pill and all of a sudden, now that you got better and you got healed, now all of a sudden you're like, you know, I think I'll take another one of these. And the next thing you know, you never intended to to end up where it's ended up, but all of a sudden you're trapped and you're addicted to prescription pills. Nobody ever intends to take a sip of alcohol with their friends over a holiday and turn into be an alcoholic and lose their family, lose their job, lose their career, and lose everything. Nobody intends to do this. Nobody intends to do this. But this is the trap of the enemy. And we ask ourselves the question, guys, how did, how did I get here? I never wanted to be here. No matter the situation you find yourself in today, no matter the desperate need, whether it's marital, uh, marital relational, financial, whatever you're dealing with in life, the progression is always the same. And this is how we get here. I'm gonna give you that progression on the front end of the service because I think it's pivotal, pivotal in understanding how you are where you are today. That is, we believe a lie. We simply believe it. Write that down in your notes. I'm telling you, you need to, under, you need to see this in writing. It will set you free. We believe a lie. Listen, the devil only has one weapon. His weapon is a lie. The devil will do everything that he can to convince you to do something that you think benefits yourself. But in the end, it brings destruction. In other words, he sells you on the lie of me, myself, and I. And it will cost you everything. He'll whisper lies to you like this. Hey, for those who are married today, he'll say, hey, you know that girl down the street? Man, that grass is greener. That grass is greener over there. The devil will tell you that the grass is greener on the other side, but you know what? He fails to mention the fact that the water bill is a whole lot higher, everybody. It's gonna cost you something. It's gonna cost you your marriage. It's gonna cost you your reputation. It's gonna cost you your career. It's gonna cost you your finances. It's gonna cost you your emotions. Your middle, your, it's gonna cost you everything. I'm telling you, this is a message and a word from God today. Somebody is gonna be set free. Somebody is gonna find healing. Somebody is gonna find hope today. And their eyes are gonna be opened and you're gonna experience hope from what, what you're dealing with right now. So what, 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 am I, what am I basically describing? The biblical word calls it pride. Pride. Every, the seed to every bad road, my friends, begins with pride. The seed to every bad road in your marriage, the seed to every, every bad road relationally, morally, financially, begins with pride. Look at Proverbs 16, 18. Pride, it always goes before destruction. A haughty spirit, this arrogant me, myself, and I, it always goes before a fall. And that's why I'm convinced if we... Just reverse it. I'm convinced that if we live a life of humility, if we live a life of contentment, if we live a life of simplicity, there is nothing the devil can put in front of you to lure you into doing when you're grateful. Listen, when you're grateful, you're not gonna lust for another person. When you're grateful what you already have, you're not gonna go out and buy something that you don't even need to try to impress people that you don't even know. Why? Because you're grateful. You're content, you're living with simplicity. That's why I mentioned this in our last series, but I'll mention it again, that a man or woman of God on his face before the Lord, humbly bowed, can never fall from that position. So we need to walk humbly before the Lord. But if we choose to continue in that prideful spirit, if we let it take root, my friends, it always ends up into number two, write this down. We end up engaging in self-destructive behavior. Many of us are asking the question, why am I here? How did I get here? Why am I destroying myself? Here's one of the main reasons I believe is that you're basically living a mismanaged life. You're living an undisciplined life. When you live an undisciplined life or a mismanaged life, it will always lead to self-destruction. We say things like this. Here's some of the lies that we believed and say. We say things like, I I just can't help myself. I I, I mean, it's my animal cravings, y'all. I can't control myself. We say things like, you know what, I deserve this. Like, I've had a hard day. I'm coming home from work. I need this, I deserve it, and they justify it. And look at this, and then we're like, you know what, what, I mean, what harm could it actually do anyway? I mean, I'm just looking at some images. I mean, I'm not touching any. I'm not like physically involved with somebody. I mean, it's just an image on a screen. I mean, this, this image, it can't hurt me. I mean, nobody knows. It's harmless. These are the lies that justify the self-destructive behavior. And the Bible comes along and presents the truth and Proverbs 14, 12 says, hey guys, there's a way that leads to life. There's a way of life that looks harmless enough like you think it's like no big deal, but God says, look again, look again. Give careful thought to your ways. Because the way that seemed harmless, this size, no big deal, it leads straight to hell. Aren't you glad you came to church today, everybody? <laughs> There's good news, I promise. So here's the question, what do we do? I'm convinced we've just got to start to develop some healthy habits. What are some healthy habits? Well, I believe, number one, it's a relationship with God. And if you don't have a relationship with God today, before you leave, you will have that opportunity. And as you come into a relationship with God, you begin to read his word and talk to him and have a conversation with him. And he begins to speak to you through his word. And then you get into a life-giving church. It doesn't have to be one life, but any life-giving church, you get connected to relationships and community. These are all healthy habits that we all need that many of us don't have. But if you ignore these kind of healthy habits, you're going to find yourself in stage three, and that is write this down. You're going to find yourself isolating yourself from those who can absolutely help you. You'll isolate. In other words, you'll begin to make excuses for doing life alone is what you'll do. You say, "Ah, oh, it's okay. I mean, I, I went to church last month. I can wait another three. Or you know what? I, you know, I went to a small group one time back like two years ago. I don't really need to go again. Or, or, or better yet, you know, COVID, y'all. I mean, COVID. I mean, I'm, I, I'm not going to be around people, so I'm just not going to go to church, period. And listen, if you're listening online, listen, hear, my, hear me very clearly today. If you are sick and you are a vulnerable adult, please stay home. Please stay home. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying you need to be here. What I am saying is some of us get to the point where we isolate ourselves from the place of being around God's design for healing, which is people. We need people. We need relationships. And if you don't have these healthy habits of a life-giving church and life-giving relationships, you're going to find yourself in self-destructive behavior and you'll isolate yourself. Here's some of the things that, that we say when we're isolating. We're like, you know, I know what I'm doing. I don't need anybody else to tell me what to do. Or, or maybe, you know, I don't need help. I'm good. Like I can do it on my own. These are excuses that I've heard in over 20 years of ministry, everybody. Proverbs 18:1 says, okay, whoever isolates himself lives this way seeks his own desire. Notice the root word. The root for isolation is pride. The root for isolation comes from the fact that you only really wanna care about yourself. Your own desire. When you isolate, you seek your own desire and you break out against all sound judgment. In other words, you lack the wisdom of understanding how important it is to be in a life-giving church and have life-giving relationships. This is what it's saying. And this life of isolation will always lead us to stage four, which is we find ourselves in a dark place. Write that down. We find ourselves in a dark place. This happened to the prodigal son. In fact, this is happening to many or at least some of you in this room. You're like, you're, if you're honest with yourself and honest with others, you would say, this is exactly where I am. This is how I feel. And look at Psalm 88.8. 8. This might sound familiar It's like you've made my friends to loathe me like everybody seems to be against me and they've gone away. And here's how you feel. You feel like I'm in a trap and there's no way out. Listen, this message is dedicated to anyone maritally, emotionally, morally, financially who feels trapped. And I want you to understand that this whole idea of I'm trapped and there's no way out is a lie from the pit of hell. There is a way out. His name is Jesus. He's the hope of the world. And he loved you so much that he gave his life for you so you could find freedom and fulfillment and find hope. His name is Jesus, everybody. Right. And the fact is, you're like, well, you just don't know what I've done, man. I've gone too far. There's no way that God would wanna be close to me. My friend, no, the truth is, look at this, the way out of Psalm 34:18, Guys, the Lord is near. Another version says, God is close to the brokenhearted. Listen, when you're in a desperate situation, I need you to understand something. It gets God's attention. Listen, when my son Max, I love him to death. He's 12 years old, going on 13. When he falls, hurts himself, does something stupid, and and he needs some help, you know what? Guess who's there? Daddy's right there. Why? Because I want him to know how much I love him. I want him to know how much I care. I want him to know how much he needs me. In some of his most desperate moments, God wants to do the same with for you. Listen, and some of you, you're discouraged. You've lost hope. And I just want to remind you again, the Lord is near to those who are discouraged. He sees you. He sees those who have lost all hope. And if you have lost all hope, I love this 1 Corinthians chapter 10.13. All you need to do is remember that God will never let you down you that's good news. God will never let you down. He'll never let you be pushed past your limit. And he'll always be there to help you come through it. Listen, no matter what you've done, well, Pastor Rhett, you don't understand, man. I am past the point of no return. I've gone too far. It's too late for me. And I would tell you today that when you begin to realize that you serve a God who can raise the dead, you, have ne- you can't go too far, and it's not too late. God can take your hopeless situation and begin to breathe hope into it. Amen. I am preaching 75% better than y'all responding this morning. This is good news, everybody. <laughs> There's hope. It's never too far. Listen, it's never too late. I really believe that there's somebody in this room this morning that, that you thought it was. And God's speaking to you. God designed this message today for you. This is for you. My prayer today as your pastor is your friend. And this church's prayer for you has always been, God, to give you wisdom, to give you revelation, to open the eyes of your heart so you can begin to see clearly who your God is, but more importantly, who you are who he sees you, the plan he has for your life. In other words, our prayer is that your mind would be open to see clearly, or in other words, to come to your senses and realize that you serve a great God who's there to help you. And this is exactly what happened to the prodigal son. Let's finish the story. The Bible says in Luke 15, 17 through 21, when he came to his senses, when he realized the truth, he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare, and here I am in a pig pit Wanted to eat the pig's food? I'm starving to death. What did he do? Look at this. He said, you know what? I'm going to develop a plan. I will set out and I'm going back to my father's house. And I'm going to come to come before him humbly. And I'm going to say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven. I've sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Just make me like one of your hired men. And so he got up. I know it's not highlighted, but I want you to say those three words. He got up. Come on, say it again. He got up. This is a word for somebody today. God's saying it's time to get up. It's time to stop making excuses. It's time to stop playing the victim. And it's time to come home. It's time to come back to your father's house and to come into his love. And notice He got up and he went. He went to his father, and I love this. But while the son was still a long way off, his father saw him, his father saw him. In other words, you know what this means? It means his dad was waiting for his son on the front porch. Every day, his father was looking out. Could today be the day that my son or that my daughter would come home. God, I miss them. I love them so much. Can you see, are they out here? And I wonder if today my son or daughter is gonna let me help them with their marriage. I wonder if today, if my son or daughter is gonna let me help them with their debt. Help me, are they gonna help me or let me help them with their depression? With their anxiety. My friends, this is what God is doing. He is wondering this today. He's on the front porch. He's just waiting for you to come home. He's waiting for you to come back into his loving arms. And it says, look at this. When he saw him, he was filled with compassion for him. And notice, the father ran to his son the father threw his arms around him and kissed him and embraced him and the son humbled himself in his dad's arms and he said to him father i've sinned against heaven i've sinned against you i'm no longer worthy to be called your son and the dad i love this the dad said listen i love you son but that's not how i roll you were once lost but now you're found, you're back in the family. You're not gonna be a slave, you're gonna be a son. We're gonna open up the house to you, come on in, and we're gonna throw you a party! Come on everybody, we serve a God who wants to throw us a party when we come home. This is God's attitude towards you. This is God's attitude towards you. Well, Pastorette, I'm in a mess. I'm beginning to realize how I got here. How do I get out? that believe the lie. Well, no matter the situation, give you four things really quick. Write these down that we see and learn from the prodigal story. Number one, we just got to get to the place, you guys, where we admit the truth. I'm telling you, write this down in your notes. You're going to need this. When you see this on paper, it's going to help you. You've got to admit the truth. You got to get to a place that says, God, here I am. I messed up. I did it. I spent more than I make and it's finally caught up to me. I'm about to file bankruptcy. I need your help, I don't know what to do, I don't know how to get out of this hole. Oh God, I've looked at these images so much to where now it's gotten into my mind and my brain and now I don't know what, really who I am anymore and I'm wanting to do things I never even, that are just so detestable I can't even, it's not who I am. God, I admit I've made a mistake, I need help. I need you. We got to admit the truth. You know what I've discovered, though, about the heart of God, the more I've spent time with him, is that he never expects you to be perfect. You need to understand this. And I think I've learned this more as a parent. You know, we have, a, we have a, one, one son. His name is Max, and I, I wish I had more kids because then I could just say, you know, my kids. So, right, all right. But when my son makes this mistake... He's not perfect. You know what I don't do? I don't yell at him. I don't scream at him. I go, How could you, man? Why can't you be perfect? (laughs) No, I don't do that. No, you know what I tell him? Here's the honest truth. This is what I tell my son Max, I've never expected you to be perfect. Never. Well, Dad, then what do you want from me? I just want you to tell the truth. I just want you to be honest. Because you know there's something beautiful about the truth, you know what it says? It says that there, that there is a relationship. See, where there's truth, there's a relationship, there's a trust, and I just want him to tell me the truth and tell me how much he needs me and how he needs my help to get through this situation. Here's the beauty, if you admit the truth, I love what God's word says, look at what happens. Psalm 32, verse three through five. It says, when I kept it all inside, in other words, When I wouldn't admit my mistakes and I held them in, my bones, it turned to powder. My words became day-long groans. The pressure never let up. All the juices of my life dried up. And this is how some of you feel today. But then I let it all out. I said, I will admit the truth. I'll let it out. I'll make a clean breast of my failures to God. And suddenly, somebody say suddenly, suddenly a miracle happened. The pressure was gone. My guilt My shame is dissolved, and my sin disappeared. Listen, my friend, God is not looking for perfection. God is looking for truth. I don't care what your daddy said. I don't care what your mama said. I don't care what the preacher down the road said. I don't care what religion said. I don't care what Google said. God does not expect you to be perfect. He just expects you to come before him in truth and go, God, here I am. I've messed up. There's freedom on the other side of it. There's fulfillment on the other side of truth. So we admit the truth, number two, this is our way out. We establish a plan and we walk it out. We establish a plan and we walk it out. In other words, we stop talking and we start walking. We put one foot right in front of the other. We do something about it. We develop a plan and we attack it. Listen, the prodigal son had a plan. He had a plan to go back to his father's house. Now, a part of that plan wasn't the best plan. He wanted to go back to be a slave, to be a hired hand. But you know what? God said, no, 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 no. You may have planned that in your heart, but I'm gonna direct your steps. And what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna bring you back into the house because you're family. And some of you, you just need a plan. And so here's the plan. Like if you're in debt today, like if you're really dealing with financial debt today and you want some principles that would change your life, write this down. It's not in your notes. Write this down. Debt is bad. Saving is good, giving is fun, stuff is meaningless. You might want to take a picture of that. Debt is bad, saving is good, giving is fun, stuff is meaningless. Red, really, will that really change my life and the way I handle finances? Yeah, absolutely, because when this becomes the principle, when this becomes the filter in which you make all your financial decisions, you'll make better financial decisions. Because you'll recognize, you know what, debt is bad. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to save money here. You know what, saving is going to put a little bit of money aside. You know what, giving? Man, I realize it is fun to give. And not only that, you know what, all this stuff is meaningless. I'm living here for, like, my life goes beyond what is here. My life is all about heaven. There is more to earth than, you know, there is more to life than this life. Amen? So the Bible says, Proverbs 27:12. listen, the prudent, those who have a plan, they see danger, and guess what they do? They take refuge. You know what that word refuge means? It means they find a safe place so that they can find life. They find life. Those who have a plan find life. But the simple, those who don't have a plan, those who do things the world's way, they just keep going. They do the same thing over and over and over and over, expecting the same results. It's called insanity. And guess what? They suffer for it. And so our hope as a church is to help you. Is to help you. Really, honestly, that's, that's the, really the role of The local church is to help you with a plan. Well, what is that plan? Please tell me. You ready? Write this down. It's very simple. It all begins with a relationship with God, number one. But then beyond that, there's another step to take. It's called getting planted in a local life-giving church. That's the plan. Well, Rhett, you're supposed to say that. You're a pastor. You want to grow the church. Okay, get planted in another local life-giving church. That isn't One Life. It's not about One Life Church, everybody. It is about you getting planted somewhere. You need to be planted. God's word says your life will thrive, your life will flourish when you go beyond just attending church on a Sunday morning and you get connected to the lifeblood that is the life-giving relationships that are part of it. The first question I ask people all the time is when they're hurting and they're going through something, they need help. I'm like, hey, what small group are you a part of? Guess what? Nine times out of 10, it's like, I'm not in a small group. I'm like, well, here's your sign. I'm not trying to be mean, I'm not trying to be rude, but that's God's plan, this is God's design for you to experience life. Well, Rhett, really is it that important. Well, I would say this, don't ask me, ask the families who attended the Financial Peace Small Group last semester last semester, and who paid all $14,000 in debt. Y'all, that happened. You know, don't, don't ask me, are, are life-giving relationships important? Yeah, just ask the marriages who were broken and on the, on the verge of divorce, who got into a marriage small group, and started to fall back in love with each other. And now their marriage is on, is on a track to be restored. You know, ask, the, ask the, the man or the woman who's been battling addiction. Whether or not life-giving relationships are important. And they'll tell you, those who have got connected into, a life-giving, or, uh, into relationships, into a small group. We have one specifically called Freedom Small Group. Ask those who have gone through freedom how important it is. And they'll tell you, it changed my life. My marriage is healed. My relationships are healed. My mind is healed. I'm free. I am finding freedom. Why? How does that happen? Life-giving church, life-giving relationships. It's God's design. I didn't make it up. It's just coming straight out of the Bible. Life-giving relationships keep us connected to life. It's God's design. It's called accountability. This, This is the way to life. But here's the key. You ready for it? Start now. Start now. Act now. It's like that infomercial, act now, buy now, because time is running out. Hey, listen, my friends, life is short. The Bible says your life is but a mist, it's but a vapor. I am 43, but I still feel like I'm 16. I'm like, dear God, I look in the mirror, how did I get here so fast? I'm like, what? You're not promised tomorrow. Today is a gift from God. Never assume that you're promised tomorrow. Some of you have bought into the lie. Ah, I got time. You ain't got time. You think you got time. The devil's lied to you and you bought into the lie. You don't have time. Start now. The Bible says this in 2 Corinthians 6 2, I tell you, now is the time. Today is the day of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. So why not? Why not? Just let today be the day. And here's number four, write this down, and then we'll close. Why not just humble yourself and ask God for help? I mean, why not? Why not just come to the place where you realize, just admit, God, I can't do this without you. I need your help. I need your help. I'm so desperate, I can't, I've tried, and I just need you. Please don't let pride stand in the way. Because this is what happens if you do, First Peter, five through, five through seven. My friends, God opposes the proud. He actively resists the proud. He stiffs arm the proud. But good news, He shows favor. He shows kindness to those who will humble themselves. So what do we do? Well, I want to encourage you to do the rest of the verse, and that is, humble yourselves, therefore under God's mighty hand, why, why? So that he may lift you up in due time. So if pride, if pride goes before a fall, if pride goes before destruction, then humility? Well, humility goes before favor. You wanna experience the favor of God in your life? The kindness of God, the gift of God, the mercy, the hope, the peace, the joy of God? Where does it begin? The root is humility. It's humility. And that's why I just want to encourage you. Here's the rest of the verse. To cast, to cast all your cares. To throw it upon God. Cast your oppression. Cast your depression. Cast your hurts. Cast your wounds. Cast your pain. Cast your problems. And cast your past on him. Why? Because he cares. He cares about it. He cares about you. In other words, he loves you. Listen, my friends, this is what loving fathers do. Loving fathers love their kids. Loving fathers protect their kids. And loving fathers care for their kids. Will you bow your head and close your eyes? Nobody looking around. We'll be here just another few minutes. I want you to hear this today. I really believe that this is a word of God for somebody. My friend, you are a son or you are a daughter of the living God. You were created in the image of the Almighty. But some of you here today, you have forgotten. You have forgotten who you are and you have forgotten who your God is. Why? Because you've simply believed the lie you bought into self-destructive behavior because of that lie you've isolated yourself and you're in a dark place but today is the day now is the time to admit the truth to establish a plan to walk it out and to come humbly before your God some of you are here today and you don't have a relationship with God and this speaks right to your heart and your soul today and you want to have a relationship with God. Some of you are here today and you had a relationship with God, but you were like that son who left, but you want to come home. Today's the day. Now is the time. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you down front, but I'd love to know who you are and I'd love to say a simple prayer with you to welcome you back home. If that's you, you want to come back into a relationship with God or give your heart to Christ, would you just raise your hands all across this room if that's you? God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. Anybody else, now is the time. You're not promised tomorrow, my friend. Today is the day, now is the time. You can go ahead and put your hands down. Would you say a simple prayer like this? Say, Jesus, I receive what you've done for me. I believe you died and I believe you rose again. I believe you paid for my sin. Forgive me, change me, come live inside of me. I declare you as my Lord. I declare you as my Savior. I put my faith and my trust in you today. I give you my life. I give you everything. I pray this, say, Holy Spirit, I welcome you into my life to help me make a difference in this world. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen. Hey, listen, if you prayed that prayer, if you raised your hand, maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you know you said that prayer, can I help you with the next step? Here's how I can help you. If you'll take that, connection card that was on the inside of your worship guide if you didn't receive a physical copy there's one online at olc.church and if you'll mark that card and just let us know you made the decision today it's all we're going to do we just want to send you one email we're not going to call you we're not going to show up at your house all we're going to do is send you one email with some simple next steps because here's the thing if i were to leave this stage right now and i were to go to my house guess what I just couldn't whoop, be there, right? I've got to take some steps, right? I've got to walk off the stage, go to my car, turn the key on, drive down Caldwell Boulevard. You get the picture. The same is true with your spiritual journey and your relationship with God. There are steps to take and we want to help you with those steps. So if you let us know, that'd be great. Hey, One Life Church family, throw your hands together. Let's celebrate today. Those who have given their heart to Jesus, yeah.